Hi, I'm Karen. <laughs> you switched it up on me, so now I'm going to have to say the Crash Test Mummies. <laughs> I did. Right, you go first. Hi, I'm Alexi. And I'm Karen. And this is the Crash Test Mummies Podcast. <laughs> everybody and welcome back to the Crash Test Mummies podcast. Today we are talking about a topic that has come up so many times when I've asked my close friends what they want to hear about and that topic is mom guilt. Um, all of you moms know what I'm talking about, whether you go through a phase where you feel like you're not enough or you're scrolling Instagram and you wonder if you're doing things right or you're up late reading the mom blogs and just feeling bad about yourself. There's so many ways that mom guilt affects us so we're just going to talk about our feelings about it, what we've gone through, and try to be relatable because I think everyone can relate to this topic. What's up, Karen? Hello. How are you? I am much better today. We tried to record an episode last night. It took us two hours <laughs> to record what we assumed would be a 15-minute episode, but our kids were so annoying that we didn't even get to finish it and we've scrapped it all together. So we're restarting today, fresh slate, new topic. <laughs> uh, yeah. And may I say at this point, it wasn't just our children, but in fact, our husbands that were just as annoying as our children. Yeah. There was a lot of screaming. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. I'm so pleased that I'm not the only one. No, you're not the only one. And we have to do an outtake episode because it would be, people would be falling on the floor laughing. <laughs> to like the real, again, the real life behind this actual podcast. Yeah, we, we like to no keep idea. it real. I know. Well, I think that I agree with you that it's a really important episode to discuss because I would say that every mom, every parent, um, sometimes has this out of body experience where they look at themselves and think like you like you have not got your shit together like you are a parent but you don't feel like a parent like should I be a parent like I'm still a kid myself and I think that in our um, society now with all of the blogs and the internet and google at our fingertips it is so easy to get overwhelmed with advice and lose the sort of the will to parent sometimes because you don't feel like you're good enough and therefore you feel guilty that you're not doing enough or you're not doing it right and yeah let, let's let's um unpack that a bit today yeah and that's often not the case in fact usually if you care enough to have mom guilt you're usually a fantastic mom and you're just being way too hard on yourself, which is so easy in today's world. Yeah, that's what I think. If you um, are self-aware, if you are able to assess yourself in that way and think, okay, I maybe didn't address that correctly mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. next time I'll try and be better, at least you are assessing and you're not going through life <laughs> unaware of your faults or you know your parenting style not quite being perfect on track because it's never going to be perfect but yeah no. it's always the reassessing and the feeling guilty and that's what makes us moms and what makes us good moms so yay <laughs> so let's start with social media because we have 
huge influences from social media and everyone is on their screens every day seeing these perfect mums in perfect pictures and making us feel bad. Do you agree that it's a good thing to be seeing these things or how do you feel about it? I am so back and forth because Instagram is where I have gotten so much um, really great information about parenting and where I've found things that I really enjoy doing with my kids. And as far as like gentle parenting and positive parenting that we use, I follow some really great moms. And unfortunately, the captions of the photos are not a reflection of the photos. Um, You know, they have to use a pretty picture because pretty picture sells, you know, it's like models, but the captions are often at least the people that I allow myself to follow because I erase people who make me feel bad about myself. The people that I follow, yes, they post a pretty picture, but it's the words that are the most important. But I think what people get caught up in are the pictures because they see the perfectly coiffed children, the really nice clothes that they might not be able to afford, um, the really beautiful house. But they also don't know if these influencers are getting sent these clothes. You know, they don't know anything about their life. And so, for example, um, a couple years ago when I was living in England, when I had my Always Alexi blog, I did a hashtag. And I think it was the hashtag behind the lens. Um, because I was feeling a lot of pressure about posting the perfect picture and I didn't want moms to look at my pictures and think my life was perfect because we were broke. Um, (laughs) I was fighting my husband every day. Hudson was (laughs) like an epic challenge of a child, but he looked really happy in the photos I posted because that's what I wanted to show. But I realized that I was putting across this idea that I didn't want to continue putting out. So I did this behind the lens thing and I encouraged moms to post real life pictures of what was going on behind the photo that they posted. And it actually picked up a lot of traction. And I so enjoyed seeing people's real life. Like, yes, okay, I snapped a good picture of Hudson. But what was he, what about the, the ones that I didn't share? You know, yes, okay, there's a perfect mm. white kitchen. But really, everything was just moved to the side. Sorry, that's Presley, everyone. But everything was just moved to the side. So, you know, yes, yeah, there's a pretty pictures, but you have to be able to dissect that, understand that no, their life is not perfect. But in order to be successful on Facebook and in order to be seen, in order to get your message across, you kind of have to have those pretty pictures. That's how I feel. Yeah, it's a really, really weird balance because there are some accounts that only post like really candid pictures and never, you know, indulge in Photoshop and editing and stuff. Yeah, I've got a friend, the Unmumsy Mum, and she's brilliant at just taking pictures and posting them. But um, she's definitely like burst out of that bubble of trying to be successful. She's got like, you know, lots of followers who like to see that. But if I post something like something that was, you know, messy or grainy or rubbish I would be more concerned about whether people would actually engage in it and that's a bit silly because yeah I don't know but um yeah for most of us I think we we want people to see the best bits of our lives and that's fine but um it does mean that we can come across on Instagram as having um having Having our shit together which we don't (laughs) 
Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, And also about the captions, like... I think for parenting or for parents, um, Instagram has very much become like a blog. So like I went to Instagram headquarters last year to hear people speak about all this, all everything Instagram. And they said that, you know, captions should just be like really quick and short or like just emojis. And <laughs> I was in a room full of parent influencers or bloggers and we all looked at each other like, no, that's not us. Maybe that's okay for beauty bloggers, fitness bloggers, but for parents and for the people who follow parents, they want to read a bit more in depth about things. And it becomes like a little mini blog post every time you write, don't you think? Yeah, totally. That's what I was saying. I think I mean, I guess maybe that's the thing is that being a mom blogger or a mom Instagrammer, it's different. But mm. yeah, I really enjoy reading the captions and learning about people's lives. And again, it's that e-world where you feel like you're really close to someone just through Instagram, you know? Yeah. But you mm. don't really know what's going on in their actual lives sometimes, which is where the the trouble is with that platform, I think. Yeah, I saw a, a picture, a visual representation of Instagram yesterday. It was like an apple and it had a big bite out of it but it also was facing a mirror and the reflection in the mirror didn't show the bite mark at the back yeah I think there is a real danger to only see the perfect side um and really that the reason that we're talking about this in reference to mum guilt is that we can compare ourselves to people um and it not actually be an accurate comparison because we don't actually know how they feel or how they're doing. We just see this perfect image and we're so hard on ourselves to try and achieve that in our lives. And most of the time it's unachievable. Exactly. And they, the people that you're looking at don't even have that life. And therein lies the problem. Yeah. You put yourself yeah. to a standard that even the people who are setting that standard, they're, it's not there. And yeah. I, that's... Even, you know, my, I try so hard on my Instagram to be real because I feel like it's such a dangerous place. It is. It's a dangerous space for moms. And that's what I would want to see. I mean, like you said about unfollowing people that make you feel rubbish. uh, I think that's really insightful because, yeah, why would you want to follow people that just always make you feel crap? You don't. So, yeah, it's like their, um, their feeds are beautiful, but the second that I start looking at them on a regular basis and feeling like, oh gosh, I'm doing this wrong. I have to take a step back, erase them and remind myself that no, I'm not doing it wrong. I might be doing it different. My kids might not be wearing designer clothes. I might not have the money to spend $50, you know, to get them that toy or, you know, whatever. But mm. I, it, the way that I am parenting is still good and I'm still a good mom. doesn't mean I'm perfect because God knows I'm not perfect, but I have to Again, the mental health thing, I have to understand that I'm as, as I'm doing my best. We'll do that. <laughs> yeah. So if we go back to pre-kids and then getting pregnant and having our little babies, why is it that as soon as we have babies, this guilt is sort of switched on in us? Like, why is it that all of a sudden we are constantly assessing our 
um, abilities as parents? I think it's because, you know, like I've said before, when you have a baby, you're handed this baby and it's a responsibility that's bigger than any responsibility you've ever had. You have to raise this child in a really big, scary world and you want to do it perfectly. And so every decision you make, you know, you want to make the right decision, but the media is telling you one thing and your mom's telling you the other thing and your grandma's telling you something different and your best friend's telling you they're wrong and making these choices that are going to impact your child's entire existence can be so scary. And then you make the choice that you feel is best, but then all these people who have all these opinions are still giving you their opinions or looking at you like, why would you do that? And whether you think it's best or not, there's still that voice in the back of your head thinking, was that the right thing? Is this the best? What if I had done that? Would that have been better? What if I did what that mom did? It really worked well for her kid. And, you know, my kid's not reacting the way that I wanted to. Like, am I doing this wrong? Is he going to be okay? And it's so easy mm. to make every little decision feel so much bigger than it actually is. Like, if you feed your child a hot dog one day, it's not going to ruin them forever. Like, if you put your kid in front of the TV for three hours one day because you need to get work done, it's not going to ruin them forever. I promise, but it's so easy to put our kids in front of the TV for three hours and then think, oh my gosh, like the, the, I read that article that said that the TV is going to make them like ruined forever. It's going to have long-term effects and I've ruined my child, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I do get that. I also think that there's a danger that to the outside world, um, parents, mums can uh appear to be perfect like they will it's almost like they're ashamed and that they won't say to someone i'm struggling they'll kind of put on this appearance of yeah yeah everything's fine um to avoid um i don't know just to avoid judgment because she because you're scared of of failure or you know people thinking that you're not a good mom so you kind of lie um like, I don't know about you, but, you know, if I'm having a conversation, I will um, measure my conversation with different people. So if I'm speaking to someone who, say, a mum who is against screen time, I'll be like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, I, I don't let my kids watch or play on the phone so much. And <laughs> just to kind of make them feel like I'm in their gang. Does that make sense? What oh, yeah, I said, it makes know? it makes total sense. Um, I think that there was a time where I was definitely like that. However, um, more recently, I've tried to just, like I said, accept the fact that this is the way I've chosen to parent. I'm not going to let people change me. And you either take me as I am or you don't. Yeah, it's not it's not just directly um, related to parenting. It's things like. I don't keep up with the housework. I, um, you know, I'm allowing my children to live in a messy house. Like, for example, if I have to do housework, I'll say to them, go and watch TV and then I'll feel guilty because I'm not spending time with them. I have to um, use the TV as a babysitter to um, get work done. Um, and that's not just housework, that's also work work because I work at home, as do you. I find it so difficult 
to balance that, at least if I'm removed from the house and I'm going to work somewhere, I don't feel the guilt. But if I'm at home and I can hear Fox pottering around, although he's happy and Chris is around and he's just playing with his toys, I feel like I should be down there on the floor with him mm. doing all these wonderful, creative, um, genius little Pinterest things. For hacks. Like, yeah, so mm. like learning through play, whereas most of the time... I will just let Fox do what he wants as in like, I mean, it might just be that he's third child and the other two are at school, but um, yeah, like uh, he'll just be happy pottering around. And I have to stop and say to myself, like, look, he's not crying. He's happy. Mm -hmm. He's getting on with stuff. You need to get on with stuff. And if you don't get on with this stuff, the money doesn't come in for them to, you know, eat food and have clothes and, you know, but, you just can't help it. It just all creeps in yeah. this sort of self doubt all the time. Yeah, that's totally me. Like what you just said, I feel yeah. so guilty. Like right now, even Presley was in here trying to get me to play with her, and I'm like, Presley, get out. Presley, you can't be in here. Go. And now she's outside sitting there playing. But I do feel bad that like I couldn't read her the book that she brought to me to read. But again, like yeah. you said, it's just like reminding yourself and. And then the working moms, like they feel guilty because they aren't able to stay at home and they feel this extreme amount of guilt because they're at work all day and they come home and, you know, that yeah. that's hard too. As a working mom, I'm sure you can relate to that feeling. Like it's not easy whether you're working at home, working away from the home, traveling, like the mom guilt is always there and it's, yeah. it's hard. So do you think that it ever goes away? Like <laughs> So when we were planning to talk about this topic, I like had a one-on-one conversation myself and I thought, I wonder if our parents had mom guilt like as hard as we do now because mm. I don't think there were all these studies about screen time. I mean, we didn't have TV computers or phones or anything like that, but I feel like it's a relatively new phenomena. I do because mm-hmm. I don't think – that the ability to know what every other mom on the planet is doing and how every other mom on the planet is raising their child existed. But now, because we have so much access to every type of parenting and every single study that's ever been done and this and that and the other thing, and we are unable to, you know, rationalize what's right, what's not right, who sponsored that study, who are these people actually trying to target and why – we are, mm. we're like inundated with information that our brains can't process. And we then are the victims of this like very malicious cycle. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, exactly what you said. Um, I went to uh, uh, an event recently that was about um, our generation and parenting and how different uh, the previous generations have been, whether that be right or wrong, you had um, like our generation of parents. And I know this is generalizing because not all of our parents were like this, but um, they were not ruled by kids and kids activities. And they would pretty much do what they wanted to do or needed to do. And the kids would tag along. Whereas now it's very children orientated because the mum and the dad are involved in the family and 
your life is your family more so than it used to be because I think it used to be more about going out working hard and now you know we want to spend our free time with our kids and we want to do activities with them and that doesn't mean that they dictate to us but it does mean that you take their likes and their opinions on board in order to kind of map out your life and what you do together right um and that's i think that's a good thing and it's it that doesn't mean that we're pushovers it just means that we uh find joy and our you know our joy in life is to spend the time with our kids but that has the the uh, the other side of that is that we are constantly trying to be super mum. Mm. That's what and I was going to say. Not always reaching it. Yeah, like to be devil's advocate, I think that that's true. However, the problem then is that because we're trying to be super mom, we are trying too hard and. Like we said so many times before, life was so simple when we were kids. We would go play with mm. our friends. We could run around in the streets. You know, our parents mm. would just take us out for a day and we could go to the park and that would be a fun day. Like my memories spending time, like spending time with my family is like going to the park and swinging and just having both my parents there. But now it's like we're trying to create these huge experiences. Like instead of just having a, a little birthday party with friends and family, which is, you know, with an ice cream cake, which is what I had. It's this mm -hmm. idea that a birthday party now has to be a $3,000 thing. <laughs> and that's yeah. a lot of pressure to put on parents. Like as if as moms, we don't have enough on our plate. Let's, <laughs> let's have this idea that a birthday party can't just be an ice cream cake and a pinata and party hat. Like, <laughs> nope, you have to have goodie bags for every child with wooden toys in them. You have to make a cake, which, you know, I've done. That's fine. You have to have food for everyone. Every food allergy has to be accommodated for, you know, we don't eat meat. We're, we, we eat like a mostly plant-based diet. Guess what? For Hudson's birthday party, I don't care if everybody else wasn't on a plant-based diet. I cooked the food he liked and could have. If they ate it, they ate it. If they didn't, I don't care. This isn't about you. Mm -hmm. It's about my son and his birthday and get over it. And it's just yeah, I think too much pressure. And that's what makes me mm -hmm. mad. And then I, you know, then I get feel bad because I'm upset with other moms for doing it so perfect, which is awesome. Yeah. Like more power to you. But it also makes me literally sometimes like, hate myself and I'm like I'm not yeah. good enough and that's not saying that I don't like these people because like I said awesome if you have the money and the time to do that like that's literally amazing but for those of us who don't it doesn't make any it just it's hard and that's why like I've said a million times if I could get rid of Instagram and be off of social media if it wasn't so important to my business I would because it's so detrimental to me my personal like mental health mm. Yeah, I think that... Um, Did I just sound crazy? <laughs> no, no, you didn't. <laughs> I do think that there are a lot of benefits to social media. And I think that if I were to balance it up, I have learned to... Uh, uh, well, I've learned my behaviours. And so I know that if I am feeling particularly low in a day and I look at social media, I'm going to absorb the negativity. But if I'm happy, then I won't. And um, I think that I've learned to filter out the bad stuff and focus on the support 
aspects of it or the friendships, the community, all of that stuff. However, I also think that the longer you are a parent, the less you give a shit. So basically, um, with Jonah for his first birthday, I spent days creating these handmade uh, little pictures of his face with party hats on and strung them up like bunting. I made him a cake. I uh, had like a barbecue. I went on Pinterest and Pinterest the hell out of first birthday boy party and then invited loads of people and it was such a stress and I was so glad when it was over because I didn't get to spend any time with Jonah it was just me saying right next 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 this is the schedule this is what we're doing we're playing garden games we're doing pass the parcel we're playing hide and seek and by the time it was over I was exhausted and I hadn't seen my son on his first birthday because I was rushing around trying to do this this show, this kind of cabaret act of perfection. And so now, and actually today, we just got back from my niece's birthday party and she was five and it was just a simple birthday dinner, well, birthday tea with cake and some nice food that they put together. And there was just like all of the cousins and us and the grandparents. And we just sat around and chatted and there was like a novelty past the parcel because they all love it. All the cousins love that when they get together, but you know, it was not fancy. And that is what I'm going to do next week for winter's birthday. It's just going to be simple. I'm paying someone to make a small cake uh, because I messed up the last cake and I can't be bothered with it. And we're going to do minimal, uh, food maximum alcohol for the adults and just you know spend time together I'm also considering not taking any photos because that can also be a right mood killer in terms of like uh enjoying yourself or being present you feel like you have to see it through a lens and it's not you know, it's, that's not the way it should be. And, you know, when we were younger, our parents, well, actually, to be fair, my mum always had her video camera, but like, you know, they weren't always snap, 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 snap all the time. So put the phones down, be present. Just like we were saying in the Christmas burnout episode, the kids will enjoy the day because you are there and their cousins are there and their friends. And that's that. And they have cake. And like that's all – like Hudson, on his birthday, all he cares about is the cake. <laughs> yeah, Because totally. he doesn't get junk any other day. And I'm like, it's on his birthday. I'm like, here's – I got – like we always get – we have the same lady make his cake every year. And it's Aww. always the cake that he – like he designs it in his head and then she makes it. And it's always his favorite part. We surprise him with the cake. And that's yeah. – and like for the whole year, all he talks about is his cake. The rest of it doesn't even matter. Like he gets to see his grandmas yeah. and his aunts and uncles and that's fun. And – even on his first first birthday, thank God I didn't have many friends in England because it was just me, Adam, and Hudson. And it was great because it was just enough. I also think that we're in a good place because we're aware of it. And I think that I think you have to just embrace it. You know, like I read an article uh, about mum guilt and how this woman was just like, I've had enough of it and I'm just going to embrace it. So, like, she listed all this stuff, like, um, 
like all of the things that she felt she was failing at, like letting them watch too much TV. I didn't breastfeed long enough. Um, they have sweets. I'm not strict enough. Sometimes I'm too strict. I'm the really shouty mom. Uh, I don't spend enough time with the baby over the the older ones or vice versa. And then she was like, Do you know what? I'm done. Like, yes, I am not perfect all the time, but I would rather that than be so hard on myself and sort of take away from, you know, me being present. I think that's the key, isn't it? Is always being present. I think if I was to think more practically about mum guilt and how to avoid it, I think that if you're more organized with your time, you feel better. You feel like you have your shit together a bit more. But also you do, you can like factor in time to spend with your kids. So like if I were, uh, not if I work at home, because I do work at home, I can say, okay, Karen, you are not going to start working until 10 a.m. So that means that from nine o'clock till 10 o'clock, you can devote a whole hour to just you and Fox time. And then you can start work and you'll work from 10 till 12 whilst Fox is napping. And then you'll both have lunch together and then you'll get to do work in the afternoon. And so if I like organize my time like that, that makes me feel better. It makes me de-stress a bit and it's not chaotic. And also I feel like getting a good night's sleep and getting up and being organized in the morning. So I'm not like sleeping in on the school run like, you know, shouting at the kids, come on, hurry up, because it's my fault, because I haven't got them up in time. Get them up, get them ready, get yourself ready, so that when they go to school, you're not coming home and, like, picking up the carnage that has been because you've had a whirlwind of a morning. And so, yeah, I would say that being organized for me is definitely a way to avoid feeling the guilt Totally. I totally agree with that, especially now that we've gotten on a better schedule. It's been so helpful for me. But on top of that, um, there are two things that I've really found helpful. One of which is to. One of which. She's like. One of which is to devote one on one time with both of my kids, like once a week. Adam and I have gotten into a habit of each of us taking one of the kids like every other week. So Adam will take Hudson, I'll take Presley and just doing something special with them because we have two kids and I think it's good to dedicate that special one-on-one time where you just do something, just the two of you and you really let them know that they're loved. And I've seen such a change, especially in Hudson during the week when we do that because he just, it just gives him that like recharge of his battery. You know what I mean? Um, So especially if you have like a spirited child who just, is very emotional just giving them like really nurturing them for a couple hours for a day is so good um and then the other thing that i found and it helps you as well because you don't feel guilty because you just really pour it into your child and it i don't know it really helps me especially when i see the change that it that it's done for him um the second thing that i found to be really helpful is i really enjoy um read listening to self-help podcasts and reading self-help books because I feel like if I'm bettering myself um, and I'm focusing on 
myself as a person that I would be able to be a better mom. I especially like going to church on Sundays because I feel so much better after going to church. I don't know why. That might be really weird. <laughs> but I like going to church on Sunday. I, I feel like it refreshes me for the week. I have that little bit of time while the kids are in the Sunday school to just kind of soak in whatever they're talking about and then use that during the next week to focus on whatever I want and then sit down on like a Sunday night and pick one or two things that I want to work on during the week, whether that's being more present during the day or whether that's being more patient because patience for me is one thing that I have a lot of mom guilt over. So that's been a word that has been on my heart a lot lately is just that trying really hard to be more patient with my kids. And like we said in the beginning of the episode, it's okay when you feel mom guilt to take that on board and work on it. You know, if you feel like you're doing something wrong, that doesn't mean that you are, but it could mean that you could work on it and, you know, improve it if it's in an, if it's an area that you feel needs to be improved. So I definitely take those things on board. And guess what? My mom guilt melts away as I realize I'm getting better at this, you know? And I don't have to feel so guilty because I'm really working on becoming a better mom. So those are my two things that have been super helpful, especially in the last year. Yes. Um, I agree with you about church. We don't go so much anymore. But um, one thing that I really like about going to church is that it's just a, a way of separating yourself or giving yourself the opportunity to reflect on your week and it's just like a different out of routine experience. I know that like, you know, if you get every Sunday it is routine, but I just really liked that time to reflect. It was almost like a meditation time where you just are away from your everyday and you can sort of look at it from a distance and yes. think about how you can improve and, you know, assess what you are doing and celebrate the things that you are doing well. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that in terms of, uh, being one-on-one with your kids I really really agree with that I mean I don't think there's any better endorphin rush than when you get to spend time with your kids and they talk to you on a level and you have a giggle and um, it's not just beneficial for uh, them but it's beneficial for you as well so you get this like like you said about mum guilt melting away, like you know that you are giving that time to them that you f- have felt guilty about not giving to them. So sometimes, you know, the mum guilt, you could almost, you know, say, right, well, what do I feel guilty about? Is there any way that I could take that guilt away by doing the things that I feel guilty about not doing? Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. It doesn't mean that you're doing them wrong. But if you address mm. those feelings head on, you know, that makes you feel better. Like, yeah. even if I see someone whose house looks really good, I'm like, I'm going to go clean my kitchen. <laughs> and then I clean my kitchen. I'm <laughs> yeah. like, ha, yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? And I'm always surprised by how it doesn't take as much time as I thought it would. And like I posted a video the other day, which was like amazing. But my kids love helping me do things because they just like being with me. And so I was cleaning the walls and like cleaning the baseboards. I don't know. It's like a Thanksgiving thing. You clean the house because your family's coming around. And Hudson and Presley, they both got a rag. We turned on some music and we were dancing and cleaning the walls. It needed done. They were having fun. And I, in that moment, I was like, gosh, like I'm really not doing too bad like I'm not perfect yeah and I have my moments and I really have my moments 
But when you find those things that work, it just feels so good. <laughs> it does. It does. And sometimes just spontaneous things can be so special and just being fun and just stepping back and saying, stop, taking stop, yourself so get seriously. out of this funk. Yeah, exactly. Like have a dance. Like we, me and Jonah and Winter the other night, we put the music on in the living room. It was quite late at night. They should probably have been in bed, but we just decided to dance and we put on, we turned the lights down and we just went a bit crazy to get rid of some energy. And I think that's the type of thing that they're going to remember. And yeah, that's what I was going to say is like, who cares about what your kids are wearing or how good they look in a picture? Like my kids are wearing clothes covered in paint. They're always, they're always creased because I don't have time to hang clothes up once they're out of the dryer. Like it, or yeah, it drives Adam crazy. Cause they always look like hot messes. And I'm like, well, that's just how they're going to look today. Too bad. And like, stop caring so much about what your kitchen looks like, what your kids look like. If you're doing it right. Mm-hmm. If your kids have a smile on their face, like my friend said this to me the other day, cause I had a really rough week with my kids and she said your kids when I see them are always smiling and they love you and they're always so excited when you pick them up at school and you're being too hard on yourself like you have two really happy kids and the rest of the little things that you're worrying about and spending so much emotional energy on it's just not worth it and I'm like you're right my kids are happy and like Mm. you know I need to stop being Dr. Google and you know, reading every single thing and caring about what everyone else is doing and just be thankful that I've got two really happy, really healthy kids who in my world are perfect. Your kids will always be perfect to you, you know, and if they're happy. And you to them. To all the people Uh, who are like feeling guilty about everybody else, stop caring so much about everybody else and focus on making yourself happy, girl. Yeah, exactly. And a couple of things. I don't own an iron, so I can't iron anyone's clothes. And I'm lucky if they actually wear clothes in the first place, because as soon as I put them on, they take them right back off again. I don't know if it's a boy thing, but my kids are never dressed either, like ever. And people who follow oh, really? Yeah, people who follow me on Instagram. I mean, if you ever look at my stories, Karen, my kids are always naked. So people, when they see me in real life, they're like, oh my gosh, I've like never seen Prezi with pants on. I always just see your butt or like Hudson. Wow. Hudson's wearing a shirt and like not for long. If it wasn't for me, like forcing it on him, he would have wriggled out of it by now. So that's just real life. I I enjoy my real life, my naked kids and you know, the good times and the bad times. And just a reminder to all of you, we all have bad times. None of us are perfect. You're if you're like we say at the end of every podcast, if you're happy, if your kids are happy, that's all that matters. You do you, you do what's best for your family. You are the mother. You know when your kids are happy. You know what's best for you guys. And that's all that matters. And on that note, are we ready to shut this thing down? Yeah, I think so. Um yeah, I think we have given some practical advice and we would love to hear your opinions about it as always uh do get in touch with us via our email which is the crash test mummies at gmail.com but i tell you what we have a challenge for you this week because we really want you to spread the word about our podcast if you enjoy it we challenge you to tell at least one person this week to have a listen and if they like it to subscribe because um, 
the only way we're going to get this podcast out there is if you guys enjoy it and tell people about it. Yes. And we spend so much time every week thinking about content, planning these episodes, and then recording them. Um, And we don't make any money off this. So just sharing and seeing the comments makes it all worth it. So it means literally the world to us to hear what you guys have to say. I know. And I hope that we have made sense today and that you have enjoyed listening. Just remember, you are doing fabulous. Even if you don't feel like you are, just look at your kids' faces and think about how much they love you. You are doing great. See you next Tuesday. (laughs) It never gets old. It really doesn't. I love it. I I bought you a mug for Christmas that has See You Next Tuesday on it. Well, you've ruined it now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Happy Thanksgiving as well. Yes. So excited. Eat all the food. And don't feel guilty about it. No. And oh, by the way, also bonus episode Thursday. If we can ever get it recorded. There's no different problem. Okay. Love you guys. Bye. Bye.